the world is more complex than ever. Who can make sense of it? Join Reverend Michael Angley Oguche on NUMA Podcast each week as he shows you how God's Word connects directly to your life in this age and helps you navigate trials and tribulations. If you want to deepen your relationship with God and learn what He has in store for you, listen and subscribe to NUMA Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Just search for NUMA Podcast. Hello and welcome to NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche, bringing your way today the inspired Word of God, and I hope you will be blessed. Hello, brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. I am so glad you are able to join NUMA Podcast today. The key text for this podcast is the Gospel of Luke, chapter 23, verse 20 to 33. At that, the crowd went wild. Kill him. Give us Barabbas. Barabbas had been thrown in prison for starting a riot in the city and for murder. Pilate still wanted to let Jesus go and so spoke out again. Beth, they kept shouting back, crucify him, crucify him. He tried a third time. Beth, for what crime? I have found nothing in him deserving death. I'm going to warn him to watch his step and let him go. Bet they kept at it, a shouting mob demanding that he be crucified. And finally they shouted him down. Pilate caved in and gave them what they wanted. He released the man thrown in prison for rioting and murder and gave them Jesus to do whatever they wanted. As they led him off, they made Simon, a man from Cyrene, who happened to be coming in from the countryside, carry the cross. Behind Jesus, a huge crowd of people followed along with women weeping and carrying on. At one point, Jesus turned to the women and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, don't cry for me. Cry for yourselves and for your children. The time is coming when they will say, Lucky the womb who never conceived. Lucky the wombs that never gave birth. Lucky the breast that never gave milk. Then they will start calling to the mountains, Fall down on us. Calling to the hills, Cover us up. If people do these things, to leave green trees? Can you imagine what they will do with deadwood? Two others, both criminals, were taken along with him for execution. When they got to the place called Skull Hill, they crucified him along with the criminals, one on his right, the other on his left. Please join me as I pray. 
Lord Jesus, I thank you today for yet another privilege to be able to bring your word to the world. And Lord, I ask today that you will sanctify the sound of my voice. Inspire me, O God, so that your people will be inspired. Father God, we're not ignorant of the devices of the enemy, so we stand against every plans of the enemy that would like to steal your word from the heart of the listeners of Numa Podcast. I thank you, God, because you hear this prayer and you hear our prayer every time we pray. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. The title of this podcast is, What's on your Calvary Memoir? What's on your Calvary Memoir? Today, I want to take you back to the memory lane of your life as one who believes in Jesus Christ. For me, it all began at Calvary where Jesus Christ was crucified. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ still generates great debate among rational people, simply because the very act of crucifixion in itself, it does not make sense to the uninitiated. Why should Jesus Christ or someone for that matter die for the salvation of the world? If God is truly almighty, shouldn't he just command people to repent without someone having to die in the way Jesus Christ died? These and many more questions militate against the case for Calvary. Brothers and sisters, as difficult as these questions may seem, for the believer it's only reinforces the sovereignty of the Most High God in our lives. With God, everything has got to follow His principle. This is the reason the Apostle Paul noted in the book of Hebrews chapter 9 verse 18 to 22 that even the first plan required a death to set it in motion. After Moses had read out all the terms of the plan of the Lord, God's will, he took the blood of sacrificed animals and in a solemn ritual, sprinkled the document and the people who were its beneficiaries, and then he attested its validity with the words, This is the blood of the covenant commanded by God. He did the same thing with the place of worship and its furniture. Moses said to the people, This is the blood of the covenant God has established with you. Practically, everything in a will hinges on a death. That's why blood, the evidence of death, is used so much in our tradition especially regarding forgiveness of sins. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ, as some of you already know, the practices in the Old Covenant, we are told, are nothing but shadows or simply reflections of things to come. And that's in Colossians chapter 2 verse 17, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 10 to 13. 
Shadows are not often clear because they are only mirrors of the real thing. Jesus Christ had to die for our sins because, as Paul said again in Hebrews chapter 10 verse 4 to 10, for it is not possible for the blood of bulls and goats really to take away sins. That is why Christ said as he came into the world, Oh God, the blood of bulls and goats cannot satisfy you. So you have made ready this body of mine for me to lay as a sacrifice upon your altar. You were not satisfied with the animal sacrifice slain and burnt before you as offerings for sin. Then I said, See, I have come to do your will to lay down my life, just as the scriptures said that I would. After Christ said these about not being satisfied with the various sacrifices and offerings required under the old system, he then added, Here I am. I have come to give my life. He canceled the fair system in favor of a far better one under this new plan. We have been forgiving and made clean by Christ dying for us once and for all. Wow, wow. There is no better way to explain Calvary than this. Whoever must come to God, whoever must believe this message, must come to God in faith. Only through faith can this wonderful message make spiritual sense to the recipient of it. Now that we have established the reason for Calvary, let us begin by unpacking our key words, Calvary and memoir. The word Calvary comes from Latin calva, meaning skull. This place was an actual geographical location in Jerusalem in the time of Christ. The area was shaped like a human skull and became an execution arena where Jesus Christ was crucified. Another word for memoir is a personal journal or diary. Before the advent of computer technology, many of us kept paper journals containing notes of our daily routine or activities. Now, the Synoptic Gospel contains Jesus' personal Calvary journals. And I reckon that those who would join him later, like you and me, would also have their own personal Calvary journals. That personal Calvary journal is your own journal of how you came to this wonderful faith in Jesus Christ. The journey of our faith surely began at Calvary. If this is the case, then from time to time we must endeavor to continue to pay frequent visit to our Calvary memoir because that is where we can refresh reflect on our work with God in this present time. The problem is that not everyone who claim to have accepted Jesus Christ have or have kept a Calvary memoir. 
The reason for not keeping a Calvary memoir may vary from person to person. It may be because it is not palatable or safe. For some people, accepting Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior may not be as simple as coming forward or answering the altar call in the front of everyone else. Not too long ago, my wife baptized a Chinese girl who, though was happy to be baptized, asked not to be filmed for fear of repercussion. This is also so true for many brothers and sisters from Islamic background. For this kind of individuals, their Calvary memoirs are so rich, so much so that they continue to enrich their spiritual well-being throughout their time on this side of eternity. Now, I ask you, brothers and sisters, what's on your own Calvary memoir? What's in them? What did you write in them? Do you still read them? In reading them, do you feel any imaginary goosebump? Do they make you want to rejoice or regret? It seems that the writers of the gospel tried to protect us from the gruesomeness of the actual process of crucifixion by sparing us from the cruel detail which can only be imagined as vividly captured by Mel Gibson's film, The Passion of the Christ. However, studies show that the gruesomeness of the act of crucifixions were intentional and deterrent to those who would want to commit the same crimes. Crucifixions allows the criminal to die slow and painful death as they endure physical and emotional humiliation before the crowd. Growing up in the 70s in Africa, execution of criminals by firing squad was so normal that my dad, himself a military man, would allow us children to join the multitude of people to watch criminals being executed by firing squad. Perhaps dad's a cake intention was to help us see the consequence of crime and stay away from them. These numerous executions would go on to stay with me even as I speak today. However, they were nothing to be compared to what Jesus Christ had to endure, death by crucifixion. Jesus' Calvary memoir conspicuously showed three stratums of his humiliation. This is NUMA Podcast with the Reverend Michelangeli Oguche. God bless you. Keep listening. He was ridiculed by the political leaders, the Roman soldiers, and then by one of the thieves sharing the same crucifixion platform on the day Jesus was crucified. The leaders mocked his claim to be God's chosen. Luke 23, 3. Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? 
Jesus answered, You have said so. They crowned him with a crown of thorn and ridiculed him the more. Of course, they said, you look like the king of the Jews now, even with this crown. Then on the cross, the thief on his left said to him, Hey, Jesus, we heard of the many miracles you have done. Why don't you do the needful? Save yourself and save us. Jesus was not a newcomer in this arena of temptation. He came because of this. His mission was to save us. His mission was to deliver. So he never gave in to those abusers. Instead, he was gracious and called for their forgiveness. Considering them as ignorant men who needed to be saved from themselves. Brothers and sisters, does your Calvary memoir contain the act of graciousness as demonstrated by Jesus Christ? Does it also contain forgiveness as shown by Jesus Christ in the face of excruciating pain, trials, and of course, public humiliation? The church is the only body that preaches grace without being gracious. If so, does a church without grace represent Jesus Christ and his mission on this side of eternity? And by the way, grace is the unmerited favor of God to mortals. This is what Romans chapter 5 verse 8 has to say. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. What this means is this. God loved us. God loved you. That's past tense. Even when we were unaware of his love towards us. Unconditional love. He did not demand of us to be anything before Jesus came to die in our place. And he is still not making a demand from any of us. All because of his amazing grace. Brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Regardless of what your spiritual geography is this very moment. That grace is available to you right now where you are. There are those that said you must earn your way in order to make it to heaven. But no brother, no sister. God loved you even when you did not know it. What's important to God about you is this. In Psalm chapter 51 verse 17, here's what it says. It is a broken spirit you want. Remorse and penitence. A broken and a contrite heart. Oh God, you will not ignore. Once you are ready, once you recognize your brokenness, God will not ignore your plea for forgiveness. God is so gracious that he wants to save you. God is so gracious that he wants to give you his all. The thief on Jesus' right hand knew he had done something wrong and deserved his punishment to be crucified on the day. So he educated his co-criminal. 
he was remorseful. And you know what? Jesus Christ did not ignore his godly sorrow. And right there, that's Luke 23, 43. Jesus answered him, Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Jesus never mind that he didn't have a history with him. Jesus never mind that he never worshipped God. But no, he is the author and the finisher of our faith. So the author and the finisher of our faith was so gracious to this repentant faith. My brothers and my sisters in Jesus, God's grace is so sufficient for today and it's available too. The crucifixion of Jesus Christ between two criminals, one on his left and the other on his right, is so captivating and worth noting. In this life, good and bad coexist. There is nothing we can do about it. In your Calvary memoir, there might also be good and bad circumstances. But the child of God must not worry about what has gone wrong in the past. The excruciating pain of the past. Instead, rejoice that in all of these, the presence of God was stronger for you. Regardless of all the mocking going on around Jesus Christ on the day of his crucifixion, he overcame them all. You too, my friend, have been designed to overcome because you believe in the finished work of Calvary. Those things written down in your Calvary memoir are there not to destroy you or make your faith weak, but to make you stronger in your work with Jesus Christ on this side of eternity. I want you to know that you matter enough to God for Jesus Christ to come and to die in your place. And may I also add that it is an absolute truth that Jesus Christ died for the whole world. But you know what? You must make the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ a personal thing. Only then can the benefit of Calvary be real. In the last few minutes, together we have considered what it in Jesus' Calvary memoir. It was pain. It was humiliation. It was all kinds of suffering. But then there was also this beautiful moment. And that moment of Father forgive them for they know not what to do. The moment of forgiveness of that thief on the left-hand side. Those were beautiful moments. So we have seen all of this. But we also need to recognize ours and mirror our lives with that of Jesus Christ. So that our work with Christ would be strengthened for the work ahead. Let me say something to you, friends. The Christian faith, the journey of our faith, is becoming tougher and tougher. Now, 
So long as we are still here on this side of eternity, we need to continue to look back to how we came to be followers of Jesus Christ and the value that we had then and the things we cherish that makes our moment of decision more unique. When I look back to the day I gave my life to Christ, it becomes a source of strength for me. Because it was so real on that day. Today, everything looks superficial. But we must anchor our faith in how we came to the Lord Jesus. It is so sad today that Christianity has largely become about material things. But may I remind you listeners of Numa podcast that heaven is still the reason for following Jesus Christ and that Calvary still count. With this, I will say, may the Lord continue to bless you. And if you've learned anything from this podcast today, let it be that it is the message of fact that Jesus Christ is the perfect example for all of us and therefore our memoir cannot be different from his. His was full of ups and downs, so must ours. It is my prayer that this podcast will continue to enrich your faith in Christ Jesus. God bless you. Let us pray again. Loving God, I thank you once more for this time with my brothers and sisters. I thank you for as many that will be listening to this podcast, that you will reach out to them and bless them, God. Help us, O Lord, as your children to walk in righteousness and in faith in Jesus Christ, that we will be able to remember those days when you called us to this work with you, Lord, that nothing will be stolen away from it, O God. Bring back, O oh Lord, the memories of the victories that we have had. Give us, O oh God, the insight to all that we have overcome in the past. And Lord, going forward, even in this period of reflection on the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to die for us, I pray, God, today that it to enrich our life that the death the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ will take preeminence over us and above everything around us in the name of Jesus Christ the one who is coming back again Amen You turn it for our good. You turn it for our good and for your glory. Even in the valley, you are faithful. You're working for our good. You're working for our good and for your glory. Even when the enemy.
plans are still to prosper you have not forgotten us you're with us in the fire and the flood faithful forever perfect in love you are sovereign over us Thank you for listening to the NUMA podcast. This has been the Reverend Michael Angeli Oguche. I pray that God will richly bless you until I come your way again.